Welcome to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 96.1 FM, 1450 AM, WXVW. I'm Kelly Patrick, alongside my partner in crime and occasional lover, Steve Driver. How are you this morning, I'm Steve? I'm good, man. I was just going to say I'm a little bit disappointed in you this morning. What are you disappointed in? You really haven't talked to me much. Seriously. I'm just kind of s- sitting over we, here in the corner. We do. We have less over just here. Just watching TV. I've neglected, I've neglected you this morning. That's fair. Uh, to be honest with you. That's fair. I'm still waiting on the apology. Yeah, I, I'm not going to apologize. But it, it's fair. I feel you've taken some pretty radical stances lately. I feel Ezekiel Elliott is a problematic superstar. Listen, I'm at watching, the very least. I'm watching and, TV and you, right now, and he it just showed him run wild against uh, Alabama. So, again, I'm still – I got his back, man. And that's fair. I mean, he's certainly an asset to an NFL football team. Uh, we'll get to that and, and, and much more this morning, obviously, on the air every Sunday, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m., talking all things in the world of sports. I'm Kelly Patrick, Steve Driver. We take pride in talking about local sports, but beyond that, if a national sports story is what's most intriguing to us, we will not hesitate to jump all over that. We're on the air once a week, so it's kind of a recap-type show and a preview of the next week. So we like to touch base on all major sporting stories across the country and you know, if necessary, across the world. First thing that jumps out to me is the Ezekiel Elliott story. Running back for the Dallas Cowboys, had a very successful freshman or rookie season. And he's out of Ohio State, so Steve blindly loves him. I'm just watching, right when you're talking about Ezekiel Elliott, it just showed him at the uh, parade where he... Grabs a girl's shirt. Yeah. And shows her um, left, left breast assist. And it's all blurred out on yeah. ESPN. <laughs> That's good. I don't have a problem with any of that, but but it does seem he has a, a repeated. You don't have a problem with that? That specifically I'm not opposed to. Okay. Yes. You know, uh, breasts being exposed. It, no, it seems like she was like. Not expecting it at all. Oh, uh, well, that's know? not good. I have not yeah. seen the clip. He pulled her shirt off without her knowing? Or just like pulled it down, yeah. <laughs> that's not good. That could be no. considered sexual assault for sure. <laughs> I know. Um, and they have it on tape. Okay. So regardless of, of the reasoning, Ezekiel uh, seems prone to getting in trouble on occasion, right? Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, he's a, an asset. I've heard a, a guy say that they're considering a Josh Hamilton-esque personal coach, I think the name was Jerry Naren or something like that, who um, was a manager in, in the major leagues and ended up working with the Texas Rangers for a while when Josh Hamilton was coming off of, I mean, he was addicted to crack and stuff like that. So that was a little different. But regardless, if, if you have somebody who's worth that much to your franchise and you're Jerry Jones, I wouldn't think you spare any expense to protect him and avoid him getting into a, you know, domestic assault with some fan or, um, or I don't know what else he could be getting into. So regardless, it's an intriguing story. The, the, the Cowboys are always at the forefront as far as media attention for the NFL. I think if I was Jerry Jones, I would have suspended him for like one game and try to do what these college basketball teams do. When they do get, when do they what be, Louisville did, did. Yeah, when they get in try trouble. Retro, or uh, Proactively. Yes. 
enforce punitive action on themselves. So, you know, then comes time for the NFL to lay their suspension down. Hey, I already suspended on one game. Take it easy, please. You know, that could possibly work. They need to take out a page out of Louisville's book. I mean, not too much, not too many pages. Well, we, we, or else, you know, you probably won't we, have any draft picks. Or, we, we don't know that Louisville's book is going to come to fruition. That's something I didn't plan on necessarily talking about today. But we don't know that any of that's going to work. We saw the um, appeal was filed this past week for the University of Louisville. Um, we don't know how that's going to work out, Steve. So... As much as Jerry Jones taking a note out of, uh, you know, Ramsey, President, former President Ramsey and Rick Pitino's book, sounds like a good idea. We don't know that that's even going to work out. So we'll have to just wait this and see. Is, this on. is the longest process for, for Louisville. How long has this been? Since the actions with Katina Powell? Yeah. Um, let's see. I'll bring it up. I don't know. I forget the exact dates. Seems like it's stretched out, and now the appeal, and then they'll respond, and then you can respond to the response, and then they'll respond to your response of the response. From 2010 through 2014, she supposedly put on 22 parties with strippers at the request of ex-assistant Andre McGee. From 2010 to 2014. I hope she puts some money away for retirement. Oh, I'm sure she has a, uh, you know, different tax sheltered accounts. Roth, Roth IRA. Offshore accounts? No, no, not, no. Just very prudent with her money. I'm sure she made tons of money off that book deal. No, she got paid very minimally. Regardless, we'll have to wait and see. I'm a Louisville fan. For I, I've snitching. What, <laughs> for snitching? Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. I am a Louisville fan. I hope the penalties are minimal. I won't try to dismiss the fact that it was significant uh, underage prostitution. Yeah, but know. at the same time, you hope the penalties. I'm are just minimal, a fan. Right? I'm not a moral policeman. I'm not trying to say you know this or that. I'm not gonna. I'm not getting ready to bail and be fans of another team. I would rather watch a winning product than a losing product. And if that means it comes at the expense of some some prostitutes and some illegal activity, so be it. Do they deserve some kind of penalty? Sure, certainly. And could it be extremely? Um, firm, yes. But the precedent the NCAA has set previously with many different things is very cloudy. So I don't know how this is going to come to fruition. I don't know how this is all going to pan out. I don't. Because the NCAA is a mess. I have my sheet over here. I just checked off one box. With what? <laughs> get Kelly. Fi- get Kel- it says get Kelly fired up or slash defensive over Louisville. My second box, I'll let you know when I check that off. I know what your second box is. Oh, do you? I know what your second box is. You don't have to get all defensive, man. Yeah, I know what your second box is. has something to do with Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather. Yeah. It does. It could. It it does. I'm not going to reveal that right away. Oxmoor Chrysler, Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzzline is 502-384-1450. We encourage you to give us a call. Get in on the action this morning. Mm. Hey, we might be jumping around a little bit. Did you, did you see Bryce Harper um, land on first base? I didn't see the clip, no. I think you maybe go to, like, you know, a uh, worldwide leader in sports. They have a video up. It looks pretty sick, man. Really? Like he steps on the base and it like hyperextends his leg and he f- flies in the air. Sounds like you're being overdramatic. No, man. It looked pretty – 
another injury did you see um Tebow got hit in the head with a baseball? I did. Tebow gets so much damn media coverage. He spoke with the autistic boy but before hitting a three-run homer, and everybody was saying, you know, divine did, intervention. Did what? the boy ask him to hit a home run, and he said, I will? <laughs> I don't think he did that, no. And then— he, then, he was in the batter's and box. He blessed him. He was in the batter's box and he paused uh, to speak with a little boy. You know, I don't know that I mean, he probably didn't know he was an autistic little boy. What was it like a two zero count or o two count? No. And then he, it was minor league baseball. And man. then he I mean, stepped out to talk to the boy. Back to Bryce Harper, Steve. Bryce Harper had a huge 2015, 42 home runs, 99 RBIs. He batted 330 last year. Pretty disappointing year for his standards. Only batted 243, 24 home runs, and 86 RBIs. 106 games through the season this year. Obviously, uh, you know, you know, many games left. And he already has 29 home runs, 87 RBIs. So Bryce Harper with a big season. The Nationals are having a big season themselves with 69 wins. That's good for, I think, third in baseball. Houston's ahead of them. Yeah, Houston. We've got Houston ahead. The Dodgers obviously are just absolutely on fire. Yeah, at, at all times. I mean, they they've seemingly been cooling off. And look over their last ten, they've won seven of three. They've won eighty two games. Uh, second most in baseball is the Houston Astros in the American League West with seventy one wins. And then the Washington Nationals, obviously, Dusty Baker. Everybody with the Nationals doing very good work. But Bryce Harper is a big piece to that puzzle. Yeah, having a solid year. Obviously, I still think the pressure, the postseason pressure, Nationals and Dodgers. Is what? I mean, they they have great regular seasons, right? And they just can't get over the hump. I mean. Somebody's got to come out of the National League, I, though. I like Bryce Harper. I like him a lot. He's having a good year. I think he might be a little bit overrated. But I definitely it, 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 like him on my team. I, I'm a LeBron James fan, and at times you could say, because what's overrated mean? Well, you, you can argue well, Bryce Harper. A, there, I have heard people say Bryce Harper's only 23, and he is on pace to not only be the best ba- baseball player ever, but exponentially win. Ever. They're, they're five times better than anyone else. Or so, I mean, I may, may be exaggerating. We have our man Les in studio with us. Um, but... I've heard some people, what did he play? One year of post-high school, I think it was uh, some kind of a, uh, what, what was that? Was it a college? Some co- type of college team where they get to play with wooden bats. And I think it was in Vegas. But he just absolutely demolished records. And, and Bryce Harper is a historically great player. So that leads to people really getting carried away with his value at times. But, like I said, he's he has 29 home runs, 87 okay, RBIs. I just... I don't know if he's in Mike Trout territory. You know, I I just, I don't have the career stats in front of me right now, but how many amazing years like Mike Trout has he had? Two? Maybe in 2015, 2017, he had two solid years. I mean, but besides that, I see some games missed. Um, I'm just not impressed, Kelly. Pull up his career stats. It seems like he has two good seasons, in my eyes. That's fair. He's he's very young. How old is Bryce Harper? How many times has he had over 100 RBIs? In his career? Good question, because he hit 99 
once. He, he's never had over 100 never. RBIs. Never. Looks like you were very prepared for that argument. Hey, man, while you were twiddling your thumbs, I was looking up. I was getting some dirt on Harper. <laughs> Just because you are a fan of the Manny Ramirez, um, you know, time in Cleveland. Guys, got Jim Tomei. You're an Indians fan. Back yeah. in your heyday and your memory of you being a little kid, everybody hit over 100 RBIs. Yeah, and over 35 home runs. Yes. But what you have to realize, Steve, He's is those guys, were, those guys twice, were all... including this year. I know. He's very young still, though. Okay, fair enough. He's not the best player in baseball, though. No. Uh, uh, Trout is the best player in baseball, right? Yes. Best position player in baseball, right? I mean, there, there's not much debate of that, which what's too bad about that... Is he's on a terrible team? Is he's always on a terrible team. 60 and 58, so I shouldn't say terrible. Uh... Well, that's not too bad. No, that's, you know, obviously over 500, so that's always a good thing. I was fortunate to be able to go to a future promotions boxing event yesterday at Expo 5 here in Louisville, or right across the river, you know, we're in southern Indiana. Um, saw some great fights. There was a, a, a very impressive amateur card and then some really good professional fights. Uh, we're going to head to the Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzz Line. We have our man Nick Barris. Had a couple fighters yesterday. Uh, performed very well. How are you this morning, Nick? Hey, I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me on, Kelly. How you doing? Doing great. I had a, a great time. Congratulations to your, your two fighters, uh, Juicy and Man Man, yesterday. Tell our listeners who they are and, and what they did yesterday, please. Uh, Juicy and Man Man, are, those are the nicknames. Their names are Demetrius Man Man Duncan and DeMontez Juicy Duncan. They're brothers. They just... Uh, 14 and 16. We had a couple matches yesterday at Expo 5. I think there was a total of eight amateur fights, and uh, we were two of them. Uh, we we fought against a, a really well-prepared team from Cincinnati and came out with a couple victories, one stoppage, and, uh, you know, things are really really looking up for these young men. They're, um, they're on a big fight winning streak right now with both of them winning a series of several fights, and, uh, we're looking forward to what we got coming up this fall. So, Nick, you—I think it was just what three or four months ago—you opened your gym over there across from Cardinal, uh, the Louisville Cardinals, Papa John's Cardinal Stadium. Tell our listeners about that. Where's your gym at? What is the mission of your gym? And you have an event coming up this next weekend. Yeah, I run a youth-based boxing program, Louisville Select Boxing. Uh, I'm one of the coaches. We got several coaches. We're located at 2801C South Floyd Street in Louisville, Kentucky. It's directly across from Papa John's Cardinal Stadium. Um, you know, the, it's a youth-based program, ages 8 and up. So we're working with a lot of teenagers. I've got about 20, 25 kids currently in the gym. You know, we're always looking to build the program. Uh, this coming Saturday, we do have a teen fundraiser. It's a, it's a teen dance. Uh, that a lot of people probably recall from when they were in their teenage years. So we're having a little team dance, and if there's some young people that want to come out and hang out and have a good time and have something to do this Saturday, uh, we're going to go from 8 o'clock to 11 o'clock, and it's just a couple dollars for a uh, mission, and, you know, we're going to try to raise a couple hundred bucks and, you know, for some gas money for some future fights so we can get out of town and go kick some ass somewhere. So, Mike? Uh, I'm sorry, Nick, you have a, a new acquisition to the Louisville Select Boxing Team. Uh, tell our listeners about who Mike Peake is. Yeah, Mike Peake's a former great fighter from Louisville. He's uh, 
he fought as a as an amateur and, and he had a successful pro pro career. He won a USDA uh, championship. He also fought for the WBC world title against Virgil Hill in uh, 1991. Mike's been a, a longtime historian in boxing. He's been around the global boxing scene for a long time. And uh, he's been working with several of my fighters, and, and he's been a big part of the program. And uh, Mike's a great dude, and we're really excited to have him aboard. So. Good stuff. As our boxing correspondent, Nick, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you some questions about the – and I know Steve knows right where I'm headed with this. Did you get a chance to see Pauli Malignaggi in, the, in the, the clips where he was really – Laying it to Connor. Yeah. I'm sorry, where Connor was really yeah, laying it know, to Polly. What what are your thoughts on that fiasco? That was uh when I first seen it I thought Polly Malinaji was, was telling the truth and that he was whooping Connor McGregor, but after seeing the uh the short sparring clip it looked as if Polly Malinaji had been eating donuts and uh Connor McGregor was whooping his ass. So he looked out of shape and, and slow and, and I don't I didn't get enough chance to watch Conor McGregor, see what type of technique or style he's using, but, you know, from the short little clip that I've seen, Paul Malignaggi was looking like he's getting worked, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see, because, uh, you know, Conor McGregor is, is a, a unique fighter, and uh, I don't think he's doing a conventional style, so it's going to be an interesting fight, uh, Paul Malignaggi's full of shit, uh, you know, the, the whole trying to put McGregor down and, you know, claiming he won all the rounds or whatever. He's leaking out of that information. I think Polly's on the on the wrong end of that, and uh, he needs to be a little bit more classy as a professional, especially if they've invited him in to be a training partner and, uh, you know, to, to leave the camp on those terms and, and you know, and then badmouth his camp. I, I don't, you know, I just don't, I don't understand the logic in that. But, you know, they released the footage, and it looked like Connor – look like the side that Connor's on was telling the truth. So, Once again, we have our man Nick Barris of Louisville Select Boxing. Nick, his family, you know, his brothers, Sean and Jason Barris, his dad, Pat. You guys all do a great job for the kids you work with. Nick, before we let you go, one last plug. Give your best commercial for your gym, please. We're Louisville Select Boxing, located at 2801C, South Floyd Street. We would love to have you come out. If you're a fan of boxing, we're looking to continue to build our boxing program and our community. Uh, you know, if there's some young men that are out here that, that you think would be, you know, a, a boxer, if there's some people that, that need that opportunity, please send them to us. My telephone number is 502-541-1063. Nick Ferris, Louisville Select Boxing. Thank you, Kelly Patrick and 1450 for having us on. You guys rock and uh, keep on rocking, baby. Good, good stuff there, Nick. Thank you very much. Have a great rest of your weekend. Steve, that kind of uh, directed us in, in one direction. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> Check. Check. What? You just checked off the second box? Yeah, we're, I mean, we're getting into it. You haven't gotten, we, I have you to. Haven't gotten defensive yet. No, okay, I, I'll say this. I assume in the history you'll, of sports, you'll get there. I have been a fan of uh, sports ever since I was born. My dad's a big – I was watching NBA games when I was – before I can remember, I'm sure – um, and I've been a fan of boxing for a long time, too. I have never felt so uniquely, maybe indifferent about an event. I cannot wait for this Conor vs. Floyd fight to come and then go. I cannot wait for it to be over. We have to discuss this over the next couple of weeks 
Or what is it? Yeah, we're like two weeks two away. Two weeks right? away. So, I mean, we, we've got to talk about it at but least some. After, it diver- deserves attention to be foolish. We're com- we, we cover combat sports in large part here on the show. And this is two worlds colliding. Everybody feels so passionate. My MMA fan friends, a couple of them I saw last night, they think, well, yeah, Connor's got a definite chance. Definitely. Yeah. I, I like. He's longer than anyone Floyd's fought. I like gauging some of the fans' response. Um, I hung out with my neighbor recently. His whole family, UFC fans, all of them think Floyd's just going to beat the crap out of them. Oh, really? So wait, 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 wait. Repeat that. Your one-sided jujitsu friends that you roll around with and you know try to pick fights at bars with can be a bit. I mean, if you're only in that world, that's the only opinion you're going you're going to get, right? But to me. This footage that I saw the other day excites me. Of course it did. It was obviously edited. They they sparred for 12 rounds. Even Dana, if it was Dana edited, White, that happened. Oh, that happened, Paulie yes. Paulie is a two-time champ. That happened. You can't take that away from him. Paulie got, if if my memory serves me did correctly. Did Connor get knocked down? Did he get knocked down at all? No. This is exciting. Paulie does fight somewhat like Floyd does, right? I mean, obviously, not as good, but wait, wait a second. Same what? style, no, similar style. Shoulder roll defense. It looks like that's what Polly was trying to do is some unorthodox um, impersonation well, of Floyd. Your whereas Floyd has should try to impersonate the other fighter, right? That's what he was trying to do. Polly Malinaji lost to Adrian Bronner. Adrian Bronner is a joke. Okay. Floyd Mayweather being compared to Adrian Bronner or Paul Malinaji is very offensive. Right, but at the beginning, when this and fight was announced, especially at that, a fat Paul McGregor. I mean, your opinion of Conor McGregor was he can't. I that's still my opinion. He won't land a punch. He you can, said he won't land a punch. He will not land a punch a against punch. Floyd Mayweather. A punch. You are insane, man. This fight—they're gonna make it exciting. How do you not see that? Connor looks so what you're suggesting is there will be like he's just WWE, WWE level theatrics. They will make it exciting is what you just said. So I think the suggest- fight will be exciting. There'll, there'll be some action. You think the fight against Canelo Alvarez was exciting? No. Okay. But for some reason, it a similar size Miguel person. Cotto. What's that? Miguel Cotto fight was exciting. Okay. So you're saying you think Conor McGregor is a better boxer than Canelo Alvarez. I never said that. No, that's man. what you just said to me, though. I never said that. You may not admit now that that's what you inferred. Your opinion was Conor McGregor will, will not land one punch. That is my opinion. Do I need to repeat it? Conor McGregor will not land a punch on Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> You're an idiot, man. But you think Ca- Canelo Alvarez, for some reason, one of the best boxers in the world, couldn't mess with him. But for some reason, because of the level of articulation that Conor McGregor presents his thoughts... And his swagger, you are such a sucker, man. Listen, Just falling I, for Connor because he's cool. I'm he's not cool. Saying he has a, he's cool. He wears a suit that has has profanity written all over it. And I'm not being facetious. That he is cool. He is. But this isn't the WWE, man. It's this not. footage made me more excited. That, I, oh, I believe. Am yeah, I that's why they that? released it. Yeah. That, that, if if you're a sucker and you're walking around ready to bite. For Dana, what he's promoting, then yeah. I don't yeah. care. I, that's okay. I admit, for be... this fight, I am a sucker. That's okay. What's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with it. You also, you know, if you're if you're into the WWE, that's okay, too. I, I, I like watching WWE with my kids. You know, that's cool. Um, we'll have to wait and see. 
I have to work that night. I'll, I'll, I'll be right. Where are you watching the fight at, Steve? I don't know, but I'm going to watch it. You're going to illegally. Pure excitement. You're going to illegally watch it. No, I won't. I've been invited a couple places. Okay. You no, know, I'm pretty. I'm a pretty big thing outside. Your of father here, so and a, your father-in-law invited you over to his house. No, no. I, I mean, I've had some other people invite me. Um, everybody likes me in their presence. Other topics we're going to get to today include Marshawn Lynch sitting for the national anthem. Anthem, um, obviously, in, in a, a day and age where the if you turn on the news, um, there's plenty of how would I word this politics, politics, uh, racially fueled media coverage of many things happening. Obviously, the horrible protests. Yeah. Uh, yesterday. Um, Colin Kaepernick being seemingly blackballed in the what should be the, about the prime of his career, right? Yes. This, I mean, he's not an NFL MVP candidate, but you tell me Mark Sanchez is a backup in the NFL, isn't he? Yep. Where's Mark Sanchez at right he's now? He's a backup. He's a backup. We established that last week. You're right. And Colin Kaepernick cannot even be a third stringer somewhere on a practice squad. I don't know exactly the reasoning for that or if it's rational or what the, what it even means. But Marshawn Lynch and his actions, his sitting for the national anthem, are directly tied to, in my opinion, the, the Colin Kaepernick. Seemingly the, the, the blackball, uh, Colin Kaepernick being blackballed by the NFL. There's protests. People are talking about protesting the NFL over this entire uh, situation. There's guys like Shannon Sharp uh, constantly fueling the fire in, in the media. Man, it, it's... It's an interesting world to live in. If you're looking to get fired up about something, just tune into what is it? Fox Sports One or look ESPN. at Twitter, ESPN. It seems to have gone it seems like a lot of these shows have really gone political, right? But it's still sports. It's the political side of sports. Yeah, but it seems like they they push that more than ever now. It's a shock jock type. I mean ESPN made they made a conservative effort, right, to try to go appeal more to the liberal side. I'm not wrong by saying that. I mean, whether you like it or not, that's a fact. But that's what drives ratings, though, and that is overall that that is what drives ratings. I think it's strictly a fiscal decision. And then we see other people like you know Clay Travis trying to push to that. Clay other Travis, side. what an interesting case is that? I mentioned Shannon Sharp. You mentioned Clay Travis. Two polar one one guy's on the far right supports Trump, and then the others on the other side politically. I mean, those guys are are man, that's are tribals maybe. I don't know. I like my sports because it's a getaway from life, right? Sure. I know you can't have one without the other, but you know that's my sanctuary. I don't need politics either way mixed in with my. So does that mean you're not into Clay Travis either? No, I think that stuff gets old. I agree. I Quit agree. trying to form my opinions for me. You sure. know, I just want to watch some sports. If Marshawn Lynch wants to sit down to the, during the national anthem, let him sit. It shouldn't be the head story in all these sports news websites, though. You know, just but, say, but what, what, oh, put what, the camera on him. Marshawn Lynch is sitting. Unfortunately, the thing is, what determines what's the lead stories is what people will actually click on and tune in for. Yep. So it's all about making money. Now, and if I was the CEO of ESPN or Fox, you do the same. I thing. would do the same thing because I'd be trying to make money and stay in business and beat my competitors in the ratings and things like that. So I, I think um, there is a place for 
unpolitically fueled sports banter. And that, Steve, is the weekend sports buzz. We're going to head to a break. We'll be right back. Be sure to stay tuned. Steve and I will be back with more of the weekend sports buzz. I need them. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 91 FM, 1450 AM, WXVW. I'm Kelly Patrick alongside Steve Driver. I want to remind our listeners, the Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzzline is 502-384-1450. We're actually going to head to the Buzzline now. We have our man Brian the Insider is on the line with us. How are you this morning, Brian? Guys, I'm doing great. Doing great, uh... Love the show so far this morning. Wanted to start off with, uh, I know Steve follows it. What a great Louisville City win over their arch rival Cincinnati yesterday at Slugger Field. Record crowd, big win. Did you attend, Brian? No, no, I'm out of, uh, I'm down actually in Florida right now. But uh, I did watch it live on uh, Louisville City's uh, website, which is nice. Wherever you're at, you can watch it. It was a, uh, man, It, it uh, I've been to few of those games and I uh, didn't hardly recognize Slugger Field it was so full standing room only tickets is what they were selling uh, almost 14,000 138 something so uh, and then a very very convincing butt kicking uh, which was necessary uh, Louisville is, is doing much better in the rankings uh, than, than Cincinnati but Cincinnati has beaten Louisville uh, first win for Louisville over Cincinnati so uh, you know Cincinnati though they're the only Division Two team left in that. Uh, I don't know Rogers Cup or whatever it is. It's a, uh, but they're they're doing very very well. And uh, so a big win for Louisville City last night. Great to see so much support. We appreciate as always your update for the local soccer fans. Man, they've really been filling up that uh, crowd for the Louisville City FC. Steve, I know you went to a game earlier in the season. Have you been to any lately? No, no. I had a chance to go to that one last night. Somebody had some uh, free tickets for me, but I, I passed it up. I went somewhere else, actually. Like I said, I'm Yeah, well, it was popular. a good deal. Uh, Cincinnati, Brian, is really setting. I know you are actually located in the Dayton, Ohio area, and you make the trek to Louisville frequently. So Cincinnati is in large part in your stomping grounds, and they've really laid the blueprint for how someone can build a, a local following and what seems to be now on the cusp of going to the MLS. What do you see the path being for this Louisville City FC team in the long run? 
you're right about Cincinnati. I mean, they're going to host a game Tuesday. There, there are four teams left in this tournament, and the other three teams are MLS teams, and they're going to host the games Tuesday. And I bet they get 35,000, 35,000 at this game Tuesday uh, in at Nippert Stadium where UC football plays. So uh, it's going to be a uh, it's going to be a big game, and it's so it's uh, who knows how many they get there, but. I think Louisville City is uh, on a path of uh, they're going to stay in Division Two. They're going to build that stadium over in Butchertown, and I'm fine with right now staying. I don't see them becoming anytime soon, but I do think they're going to continue to grow their fan support, and uh, it's a great product they put. They got. I think they've got the best coach, and if they can keep James O'Connor, the Irishman, uh, I think that they will. Uh, the, you know, he, he's remarkable. Uh, the three years, I mean. They've done very, very well. And last night, they were just far better than Cincinnati. They, uh, I think it ended four to nothing. That's when I turned it off in about the 80th minute. So, uh, but they got a great coach, and he keeps bringing in talent from all over the world. They got a couple of Irishmen. They got local talent, a Ballard kid locally. So he came in and made a, the fourth goal. So I was, I'm very impressed with what they've got going on. We appreciate your soccer update, Brian. What about the world of horse racing? What's going on right now? Big day at Arlington. Uh, Churchill owned Arlington Park had their signature race day yesterday. The Arlington Million won by uh, probably everybody knows about Bob Baffert, but probably the best trainer whose name's not Bob Baffert and maybe and, and actually he's winning more. Bob has a smaller stable. Chad Brown, his Beach Patrol horse, won the much coveted Arlington Million. Uh, so big day. They had the Secretary of Stakes at Arlington. Big day at Arlington Park. So that's what's going on. Everyone's getting ready for uh, the Pacific Classic where Arrogate will we'll wait to see if he can come back. He had that dud his last race, and uh, Baffert said he's training great. They schooled him in the paddock yesterday at Del Mar. He looked great. So all eyes will be on Arrogate because Gunrunner, who hasn't been able to beat Arrogate, he, he looked very impressive last week in the Whitney at Saratoga. So uh, everything's building up to the Breeders' Cup. There's still a lot of big races left. Uh, it's a good time. The racing Saratoga's open. Del Mar's open. So, uh, hey, I wanted to comment, guys, uh, on your ESPN and some of your political stuff that uh, I agree completely with Steve. You know, I, I, I want sports to be an escape for me, and I'm finding that not to be the case as much anymore. And um, ESPN is suffering. Uh, I follow stocks closely. Disney owns ESPN. They're almost thinking of getting rid of ESPN because they're they're, they're really becoming – there's a lot of factors for it, cord cutting and everything else, but one big factor being attributed to the major, major losses and a lot of the firings, they keep firing staff at ESPN, is that radical left view they keep spewing out and uh, thinking it's catching on, but it's catching on with half the people, but the other half of the people don't like it. And are, are uh, you know, so we live in a polarized country right now. 50% are on one side, 50% on the other side. No matter which side you're on, you got to realize there's the other half. And, uh, you know, I know I talk to a lot of people on both sides, and they don't seem to realize that there is another side, but believe me, there is. And, uh, but ESPN would be far better as a business model to stick to sports, which, as Steve said so great, is, is the escape and is the one common denominator all of us Americans can get behind and pull. So that's what i got to say on that. One last closing, Mark. Sad to see Hussein Bolt close yeah. his career yeah. like he did. Uh, he knew to get out, 
I watched his interview after he finished third, and he closed the door. No shot in the world was he going to go any further. Just too bad he could have made it another 50 yards or so and finished his career. But uh, he had a wonderful career and will go down as the greatest sprinter ever, in my opinion. Great show, guys. Thanks for having me on. Great stuff, as always, from our man Brian the Insider. We appreciate all the input. Um, you know, it, we could go on and on about the political side of media coverage, and, and uh, it does seem to be inevitably bleeding into um, everything, whether it be ESPN or, or you know, Fox Sports 1. Um, it's there. It's not the most intriguing topic for me to discuss here on the weekend sports I, I like talking about actual actual um sports yeah and just one second we uh need to take care of a phone line but you do have to realize when you pick a side you do alienate the other half like brian said whether it's left or right it doesn't matter you're alienating some some fans out there and for us that just want the sports um I mean, maybe that's why NFL viewership was down last year. I know they had like a study where they had a 12 or 14% drop, and most of those people said it was because Colin Kaepernick was taking a knee. Whether you agree with his opinion or of what he did, um, that's a big drop-off in viewership. Um, as a reporter, though, I don't know if you can just not follow that or, you know, you want those clicks, so... It's a it's an interesting subject. I know you're not um, completely into it, but uh, I'd ma- much rather talk about substance. I'd much rather set set the the idea for what we're going to talk about as to what we think it should be. I have a, listen a few quick things if you don't want mind me jumping around here for a second. I don't mind. Let's um, hear what you got. Usain Bolt. Do you think he could come back the next Olympics? I, I don't. And, and I don't, dominate. I don't think there's a chance he's going to. But yeah, and dominate. Man, I don't know how many has he done it in three. Yeah, he's done it in three. So that that would that would cover a span of sixteen years. That would be absolutely amazing. If you were his coach, you could probably just get him on the right the right concoction, right? Of uh, steroids. Yeah. Yeah, a performance enhancing supplement. Sure. You'd have him back. I guess so, man. He seems to be a one in a generation or once in a lifetime type of physical specimen. Um, I would try. Why not, right? Even if he doesn't have the best showing ever, I don't think it would tarnish his record that much. Do you? What if he came back and lost? Or he yes, came back, came and, back got and lost. Got busted for PEDs. That would probably tarnish his record. Yeah. Um, and another thing, somebody put $880,000 on Floyd Mayweather to win. Sure. You know what they're saying about that fight? <laughs> And of course, I'll jump all over anytime you, you dangle that out in front of me, the carrot in front of me, is way more bets are going in for Conor McGregor to win than Floyd Mayweather. Well, smaller bets, right? Way small, exactly. Way smaller bets. So the uninformed, casual guy at the bar is putting $50 on Conor McGregor. People who are actually looking to make money, who f- do this and are familiar with how Vegas works, they put their money all on Floyd. All right, $880,000 bet. How much is the payout? The odds are the odds aren't great. So I mean, it's not even half. What's your what's your guess here? Um okay, so you're asking He's uh, putting 880 grand down. If he wins, he'll get that back, but how how much will he win? 
Um, I would say he, he, they would win twenty. You would win one hundred and sixty grand. You would win one hundred and sixty grand. Okay, for 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 Floyd to win. Yeah. But so that's a good that you would double your money. No, you wouldn't. Wait, what are you saying? What are you saying? Eight hundred eighty thousand dollars. Oh, okay, eight hundred eighty thousand dollars. And if Floyd wins, he'll make one hundred and sixty grand. He'll make one hundred and six. Oh, okay, so it's very minimal. Yes, I'm There's sorry, a huge I was distracted. Chance to lose it all. Jesus. Huge. I mean, with Conor McGregor, not a huge chance. In the skills. He's, no. He's portraying on this. against the fat Pali Malinaji. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the skills he's portraying. Yes, against the fat, fat Pali Malinaji. I've been uh, reading some articles. I'm I'm getting super excited for college football here lately, and um, listening to some some local radio. It's funny because I have two. Co- My wife and I have two vehicles. I have one, one very nice vehicle which has serious satellite radio where I can listen to Mad Dog, ESPN, Fox Sports, and then my other car which just has a a standard radio where I where I listen to my local sports. And I was driving my uh, standard vehicle, you know, not my Bentley. And it seemed like most of the most of the local talk was a lot of disrespect coming towards Lamar Jackson's way, and that um, he's not really being considered for another Heisman Trophy. Uh, Tim Brando said. Maybe that's because Bobby Petrino is his coach and he has disliked him once media and coaches um, overall. I don't know if that's realistic. But a lot of disrespect coming his way. I wanted to get some of your thoughts on your exit, since you're the diehard Louisville fan, on your expectations t- toward Louisville. Um, I did a little bit of digging. I see that um, the playmakers around Lamar Jackson might not really have been there. They have no returning running back who ran for 400 yards last season. They have no returning receiver who caught 30 passes. Um, you have two tackles that are that are that have some playing time, returning starters. But besides that, you have freshman offensive linemen. Um, man, no, no real running back or wide receiver there. I, what are your expectations, Kelly? Um, I think in large part the hate for Lamar Jackson is probably a true, or maybe not the hate, but the, the expectation of being so low is just a moment here. Can you hear me, Steve? Yeah, yeah you're cutting in and out okay. a little bit. You know what? We're going to actually head to a break, okay? We're, we'll be right back. Be sure to stay tuned with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz.
Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 96.1 FM, 1450 AM, WXVW in the Louisville, Southern Indiana market. Um, we work closely with a lot of local and even regional and national MMA and boxing promotions. LFA Legacy Fighting is one of the top feeder systems for the UFC. We've worked very closely with Ryan Bevins now for God, a few years. Uh, memorably, we've had our man... Dontel Mays in studio with us. He's went on to some great success, as is the the course with LFA. If you do well there, you get basically you end up in the UFC. That's what Dontel Mays is, is working on right now with the Dana White Tuesday uh, show that he's on. Um, we have a event coming up, a n- national television television audience, um, Access TV, nine p.m. Um, um, let's see here. It is our, our man Tyler Ray wrestled collegiately at Mount St. Joseph in Cincinnati. He's from Middletown, which is right outside of Cincinnati. We have Tyler on the line with us. He'll be headlining the card. How are you this morning, Tyler? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing great. I appreciate you joining us. We were planning on having you a little earlier. Sorry for the confusion there. But you have your second MMA fight coming up. You had a very successful collegiate wrestling career. Uh, you fight out of Florida. Obviously, you're from the Ohio area. I know we just you know uh, work very closely. I was just up at the Northern Convention, uh, Northern Kentucky Convention Center a few weeks ago for a Hard Rock show. So you know we do a lot of work up there. What are your thoughts on and what's your experience thus far for fighting for LFA? Um, I love fighting for LFA. It's a great promotion, and, I mean, obviously their work shows for itself what they're doing for putting fighters to the next level. Um, that show, Dana White's Contender Series, has had, like, five weeks so far, I think, and every single week they've signed an LFA fighter to the UFC is the guy that got the contract. And then, I mean, they... I think just about every single UFC or Bellator card, there's an LFA guy on there. So, I mean, their their uh, success rate is very high for getting guys to the next level. They know what they're doing, and I'm glad to be able to fight for them. Now, Tyler, you're from the Middletown area right outside Cincinnati. You're now training in South Florida at the Combat Club. Tell us about your, your current training situation. It's great. I'm training with uh, Henry Book, who's our striking coach. Greg Jones is our wrestling coach. He was a three-time Division One national champion from West Virginia. And then we've got Gilbert Burns is coaching our jiu-jitsu, and he's a current lightweight UFC prospect and three-time world jiu-jitsu champ. So, I mean, our coaches are top level, and the fighters that come into our room every day and train with us are the highest of the high. I mean, Luke Rockhold's in town right now. Robbie Lawler trains with us. Michael Chandler comes down for his camp. I mean, the list goes on, so I'm extremely privileged to be able to train at this gym where I'm at, and the way everything worked out, it's just been a huge blessing for me. Once again, Tyler Ray on the line with us. He fights this upcoming Friday, August 18th in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. The event will be televised nationally on Access TV at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. This is, this is your second fight. You had a very decorated college wrestling career. This is now your second fight. You skipped a lot of the local promotional type uh, 
events that I see here, you know, in Kentucky and surrounding states, things like that. You jump straight to what I would consider to be the top feeder system for the UFC. What are your thoughts on that? Why did you jump straight to the very best of the best? Um, I mean, that's, I've always thought very highly of my skill set. And I mean, I'm not cocky or anything. I'm just very confident in what I do and the people I've been training with and my skill set. So I know I knew I could get in there and compete with these guys right away. Um, I had fought in a local amateur MMA show in Covington, Kentucky when I was 18. But then when I went to wrestle, I wasn't able to fight for the four years in college. But uh, once once I got down to Florida with the team down here, all the coaches were telling me I was ready to go pro. And I had believed myself that I could. And they, with them telling me, too, I just knew that that was probably the right decision. So... Luckily, I had a great manager get me into LFA, and here we are now. <clears throat> At what age, Tyler, did you determine you were gonna uh, you're cut out for a career in mixed martial arts? Uh, I, like the end of eighth grade, I was like 14 years old or something. Me and my dad watching the UFC fight on the couch, and I fell in love with the sport instantly. And um, George Gurgel had opened up a gym right down the street from us, so I asked him if I could try it out. Went to the gym and. And everything from there is history. I, and then I started wrestling after I started doing MMA, actually, because me and my dad were finding that all the top UFC fighters had a wrestling background. And I was like, well, I need to go be in that now, too. So then that's pretty much how I started wrestling because of MMA. So did you start, you say you started MMA training before you started wrestling in high school. Um, does that mean you were doing jiu-jitsu, maybe kickboxing or Muay Thai prior to your wrestling? Or how did the MMA training go prior to you getting into wrestling? Yeah, I was doing uh, boxing mostly and then jiu-jitsu. And then I was doing a little bit of Muay Thai out of school in Dayton. We would drive up there like three nights a week. Um, so, yeah, it was mainly jiu-jitsu and then some striking. Once again, we have Tyler Ray on the Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzz Line with us. Tyler fights at 170 pounds. Is that about the same weight you fought or you wrestled and competed at in college uh, when you were wrestling? Yeah, I started out my career my freshman year at 174, and then I wrestled there halfway through my sophomore year, and then I bumped up to 184 for my final two years. So the last two years I was wrestling at 184. Once again, we've had Dontel Mays in studio with us, um, actually a couple times. He's a one of the more recent examples of somebody who went from LFA right into the, the Dana White Contender Series on Tuesday, his new, new show that he has going on. What do you see your the trajectory of your career being? Do you see a couple more fights at LFA and then maybe you make a jump to the UFC? Yeah, I think that... Uh... Definitely, I mean, by the end of this year, I'd like to get to two more fights in. So I'd like to get four fights in this year is my goal for this year. Um, and then my timeline myself has always been UFC by the end of next year. And I know that's very doable because the way LFA is pumping out these events, it's not going to be hard to get the amount of fights that the UFC is looking for to uh, get signed. Or, I mean, even Bellator. We just had a guy that I trained with was 5-0, and got signed to Bellator. So I, I know that once I get up to 4-0, 5-0, 6-0, the conversations will start to be had. 
You mentioned you trained with with uh, Chandler, and obviously he's one of the bigger names in Bellator. What are your thoughts on the difference between taking the next step to Bellator versus taking the next step to the UFC, or do you have any specific preference? Uh, ever since I was little, my dream was always to fight in the UFC just because it's it's been the top organization for so long, and I've, that's been my dream forever, it's written down in all my goals and stuff, but being around all these guys that are UFC and Bellator, it's, nowadays it's not that much different. And Bellator is starting to compete with UFC uh, events. Like their events are just as big as some of the UFC events, and then their fighters, they're some top-level talent because UFC's not paying their fighters too well right now. I mean, the top dogs getting paid and taken care of, but everybody else is not getting what they deserve and they're going over to Bellator and finding that they're getting a good amount of money. So right now in my head, I, I don't really have a preference. I would fight for either of them, but I, but this is also my career. So I'm looking out for the long-term effects and make sure I'm making enough money through this fighting career. So. What, what did you study at Mount St. Joseph? I majored in biology with a minor in exercise science and fitness. Okay. So does it look like, um, it, you know, at some point you could be fighting for, I guess, 20 more years. But at some point you're going to not be an MMA fighter anymore. Do you have a plan for after that? Are you going to be involved in gyms? Are you going to get into being a trainer? Yeah, that's, um, I got my major in biology with exercise science because I wanted to be able to stay involved in the athletic field when I retire. Uh, I've always had a big passion for training athletes specifically and nutrition. So when I retire, I definitely work with professional athletes on strength and conditioning and helping out with meals and what they need to be eating at certain times of the day and getting involved in that. Good stuff. Once again, we have Tyler Ray on the line with us. He fights this upcoming Friday in Sioux Falls, South Dakota for LFA. Tyler, we really appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule uh, to come on with us this morning. Best of luck to you on Friday, and hopefully we get to have you on again in the future. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Good stuff there, Tyler Ray. Uh, Steve, you and I have got to see the guys come in here. Dontel Mays, we keep mentioning, but we had him in studio with us. We did. He, six, was, a, six, he was not little. He was 6'6", 260, giant man. <laughs> and, and he's had some success with LFA. Now he's taking that next step to the UFC. Yeah, he fights August 29th on Dana White's new show. Yeah, Tuesday night. I don't know what channel. Do you know what channel that comes on, Kelly? Maybe like Spike or something? I think I'm think i not too sure, honestly. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't watched it yet. But having some of these guys in studio, it's cool to watch them compete on such a high level. And the guy he's fighting, Alan Crowder, he's jacked as well. Um, I think we'll probably get together and watch that, though, right? Got to support the, the local Very cool. Indiana now, now, prospect. Now we have another guy, Tyler Ray, that we'll have to follow also. He's on this upcoming Friday. Got our man, you know, Lance Lawrence, guys that we've had in studio many times. Alex Hacker here locally. Um, guys who you know, are, are destined to take that next step. So it's very exciting. I've gotten involved in the um, commentary for a lot of the hard rock events. So I, I think it's pretty cool. I, I enjoy it. Um, we appreciate everybody tuning in and bearing with us this morning. Um, we're actually going to head to one one more break. We'll be back 
Stay tuned. Steve and I will be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Welcome back to Weekend Sports Buzz here on 96.1 FM, 1450 AM, WXVW. A theme to our show this morning has been sticking with combat sports. Um, the Oxford Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram buzz line is 502-384-1450. We're going to head to the buzz line now. We have Diz on the line with us. Diz is a, a very popular Twitter personality who covers MMA, the UFC, Bellator, it actually, he covers a lot of different sports, but he, he's very well-respected within the MMA world. He's a known insider. He breaks a lot of the stories out there uh, before anybody else really gets to him. Um, we're going to bring him in. Diz, how are you this morning? Hey, good morning. Well, I don't know how respected I really am, but I appreciate <laughs> that little plug. I'll give it a... I'll give it a 50-50. Okay. So. <laughs> I, it is funny because in the world of MMA, there's a lot of uh, different media outlets out there and you know sometimes you go with a story you've got sources telling you one thing and uh you have people who are maybe up, upset with you for those sources or for whatever it is and you break the story then you have other just watching your your twitter timeline at, at times Diz, it, it is very entertaining because you'll see other people who do similar things to you maybe getting angry with you or, or something like that so quite entertaining for me yeah, uh, you know, I like to describe myself as somebody who has an equal balance between criticism and praise uh, for myself and for everybody else as well. But I also like to mix a little bit of, uh, you know, compassion with cynicism. And, uh, you know, sometimes that's like oil and water, depending on who's uh, watching your timeline. So, Diz, before we get started, go ahead and give give yourself a plug. It's at TalkMMA on Twitter. And that's really... I've come to learn is that that's really your your only outlet is if you want to stay up to speed on the world of mixed martial arts, you need to follow at Talk MMA. Is that right? At, at Talk MMA on Twitter, and also I am two episodes deep into my new podcast called That One Guy's Podcast. You can find it on Podomatic, and you can find it on SoundCloud. It'll soon be available at Google Play and iTunes. Great. Is is that exclusively MMA talk, Diz? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'll branch off into other topics from time to time if it's an important topic and I feel like it needs to be discussed. But, yeah, it's more of a um, – it's going to have mostly MMA material. And then um, if I feel like it's something that is impacting the community, whether it be, you know, I don't care. I'm not afraid to tackle po- uh, politics, but I'm also not afraid to tackle – terrorism as I'm an eight and a half year army veteran. That's right. Uh, a man who protected our country. So thank you very much for your service, Diz. I'll jump right into it Thanks. with you. 
uh, right now. Uh, the, the big stories across the world of MMA, uh, specifically, I guess, UFC would be Conor McGregor against Floyd Mayweather. In, in a nutshell, what are your thoughts on the upcoming fight? We had the, the video released yesterday of Pauli Malignaggi um, <laughs> really getting his ass kicked by, by Conor McGregor. What, what are your thoughts on that whole fiasco? Yeah, it's been uh, Pauli Malignaggi. I mean, is there, if there was any other way, if there was any worse of a way to handle the situation, I I don't know if I I think if Pauli Malignaggi just if Pauli Malignaggi just kept plugging away, he he'll find that way because he as of right now I don't think he could have handled it any worse than he has right now. His banter on um, previous uh, MMA shows, podcasts, and whatnot. It's just been awful, and I described this on a. I described this on my um, own podcast just late last night. It was and his his banter was equivalent to a high school cheerleader getting dumped by the high school quarterback for the librarian check. It was. It, it's like, oh my gosh, somebody just okay, you got dumped. Shut up. So. Yeah, it, I, it's it's been terrible listening to him whine. It, it, it didn't help his cause. It didn't help his. A lot of people who are tuning into this show and everything across the country didn't know exactly who Paul Malinaji was. He's actually a pretty well respected boxing commentator, and uh, uh, as everybody's been saying, a two-time uh, 147 pound champion. Now that doesn't mean yeah, he, everything because in boxing there's. 10 different belts and this and that. But, I mean, he's at least an accomplished boxer who is respected within the realm of boxing and, and ha- has pretty good commentary skills. He's, he's articulate. He does pretty good with the specifically the boxing commentary. I think he volunteered to work with Connor to try to build up his stock and to somehow get a piece of this entire pie. I mean, there's so much money to go around. He wanted a piece of it. He didn't expect it was going to go quite this way. No, I mean, you can tell that the guy, if you've listened to any of the podcasts that he's done just this week, you can tell that the guy has great commentary skills because that's all the guys talk. And I don't know if he has to take a volume or anything like that before a broadcast, but I will tell you, if he talks like the, if he talks like the way he does on the broadcast, like he did on the podcast, they're going to have to do something with the audio and slow it down by half because it's, it's essentially listening to a normal person speak. Yeah, you're right. He, he, so, he's, he's a Brooklyn guy. He, he talks very, very fast. Uh, um, that's that's kind of who he is. I, I mean, uh, this whole thing does not look good for him. He didn't physically look good. Our, our caller earlier said uh, looked like he'd eaten a bunch of donuts. I, I don't disagree with that. Um, he didn't look good, especially compared to you know when we've seen him in the cage previ- or I'm sorry, in the ring previously. So it, it's not a good look for Pauli Malignaggi. Moving right along, Steve, you, you're still with us, aren't you? Yes, I am. Okay. Yes, I'm here. Okay. Uh, you are Steve also. You just gave us your name, Diz. <laughs> What's that? Is, is, your name is Steve, isn't it? I didn't understand you. What did you say? Um, I, I, moving right along, I was going to say the other biggest story in the world of the UFC right now, in my opinion, is John Jones. Looks like he's at some point going to face Brock Lesnar. What are your thoughts on that bout? I think it's... Um... Uh, I think that Brock Lesnar, if he comes out of retirement to fight John Jones, which is eminent, I think he thinks that John Jones will be the fig- the fastest uh, fight to get him back on a winning track. I don't know if that's going to be 
I don't, I don't know if that's plausible. But I will tell you this. I got the information a few weeks ago that uh, Brock Lesnar had entered the USADA pool, whether that was true or whether he had made the correct, he was making the correct um, steps towards getting back into the USADA pool. It's two different things, obviously, but it is what it is. I mean, he's obviously making the steps to get back into the USADA pool. He's, it is rumored that he is to drop his belt at SummerSlam. Um, and John Jones, is there any... America loves a comeback story. That's who we are. We are an absolute comeback story horse when it comes to that. So, John Jones, it was a massive story, going through all the adversity he's had to go through, all the embarrassment, all the all the uh, shame, and especially, you know, having Daniel, a guy like Daniel Cormier throw it back in his face at every chance that he could. Um, it was a story that is going to be written for time, and if he continues staying on that narrow path and just goes on this destruction phase of just eliminating opponents left and right, Oh, he looked uh, We're going to be talking about John Jones being the greatest fighter of all time. He's the greatest current fighter at this moment. I agree with you 100% on that. Muhammad Ali obviously had his controversies uh, during his reign as heavyweight champion, but what he did was he regained the belt a couple times. He lost it. He went through controversy. He came back. Everybody loved him. Uh, I think it's obviously different with John Jones. John Jones has been involved with some partying and things like that. Nothing that I personally... Uh, thing makes him a bad, horrible person or anything like that, but he's bounced back from it, and you're right against Daniel Cormier. He looked arguably better than ever, so John Jones is, in my opinion, I've, I've said it, it, at times recently, he's on pace to end up as maybe the Michael Jordan in the world of the UFC. What are your thoughts on that comparison? I think, I don't know how, uh, I don't know how good of a punch Michael Jordan can take, but I heard he dished out a few in the locker rooms at yeah, times. He did. Um, but uh, you know, I, I guess if you want to make a Michael Jordan crossover comparison to him becoming the John Jones being the greatest of all time, I, I would say that's the comparison to make. I agree. What other stories are intriguing right now outside of John Jones versus Brock Lesnar, Conor McGregor versus Floyd Mayweather? What's the number three story that our listeners should look forward to from the world of mixed martial arts in the near future? Well, the uh, as of the end of July, the exclusive negotiating period between the UFC and Fox and their broadcasting deals come to an end. So the UFC is now available to go out and seek other offers. Now, they're asking for a substantial, it's, it's well over a billion dollars what they're asking for in the broadcasting deal. And if they don't get it, I would expect to see some type of NFL style, I would expect to see some type of NFL style, um, type of look for the UFC to spread the broadcast out more. NFL's on, uh, obviously, NFL Network, so that's a no-brainer. But, you know, they're also on NBC. They're also on ABC. They're also on ESPN. And um, you could 
possibly see the UFC trying to spread themselves out a little bit more like that if they don't get the numbers, if they don't get the figure that they're wanting from Fox. Um, and the question to ask yourself, if you're a Fox executive, who watches FS1 if it wasn't for the UFC? Does anybody really watch us? Yeah. Their UFC content is... Their UFC content has kind of made FS1 who they are. I mean, unfortunately, they can't rely on, you know, um, a certain morning talk show that I like to blast on a consistent basis for low ratings and race baiting. So, Skip, Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp, I'll go ahead and say it. Do you think those guys are good spokesper- spokespeople for mixed martial arts? No, they just need to keep MMA out of their mouth. That's fair, unless they do some extensive, you know, they devote a couple years or something to really submerging themselves in the sport and become knowledgeable. I, I've heard, uh, you know, even Colin Coward at times, I think he, he interchangeably uses MMA and UFC. Like he says, this, this sport is UFC. He said that uh, on multiple occasions. And you're like, no, no, that's not the sport. That's the, that's the organization they fight for. That's not the name of the sport. So it's a... Uh, Confusing topic to many traditional sports journalists, at the least. Well, Callum Calvert, if you recall years ago when he was on Sports Nation with um, that blonde-headed chick that I can't remember the name of. Michelle Beadle. Um, yeah, whatever her name is. Um, and he, was, he denounced MMA as an actual legitimate sport, but now, he's, but now it's convenient for him to get clicks on it. Now he's talking about it. And that's the same way Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp use it. They just, they use extreme opinions that they don't know anything about, and they try to sell it off to get ratings. And unfortunately for guys like Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless, their show gets outdrawn by Brady Bunch reruns. So that's, that gives you any inclination of, of how interesting they really are or are not. Uh, I, do, I also do recall, just for your show purposes and humor purposes, uh, if you recall a while back, I actually baited Shannon Sharp. Uh, Stipe Miocic was supposed to be fighting Junior Dos Santos. And I believe Yolanda uh, Udrajic was on that card as well. And I asked him who he, was going to, who he thought was going to win between Stipe and Udrajic that night. And he answered, I'm down. He says, I'm going with my boy Stipe. He was on our show this week. And... And of course, it just kind of—it was just a uh, bad PR nightmare for him because he obviously I knew he was going to answer, and I knew he was going to. But his foot in. That's what I knew he was going to take the bait. Yes. So, so Shannon Sharp is not a big fan of Diz. Uh, no, and I left his name every once in a while too. I told him that his uh, producers were going to fly me out to debate with him, and he just kind of turned the switch off on that. He doesn't really reply to that anymore. Great stuff from our man, Diz. Diz, we appreciate your contribution to the Weekend Sports Buzz this morning. We actually look forward to having you involved, maybe get you down from – you're in Indianapolis, aren't you? Yes, I am. It would probably be a two uh, – it would take me two hours to get there, but, yeah, it would be fun. We'll have to have you in studio one of these Sundays, talk to you about everything in the world of mixed martial arts. Diz, once again, at TalkMMA on Twitter. Give, give our listeners uh, a plug for your podcast also before we let you go. All right, it's That One Guy's Podcast. You can find me on Podomatic, SoundCloud. It'll soon be available on Google Play. And um, 
iTunes as well. That one guy's podcast or hashtag T1G. Great stuff from our man, Diz. Thank you very much. Have a great rest of your weekend, Diz. Thank you. You guys be good. Good stuff there. Very MMA, combat sports-centric show this morning, Steve. Yeah, absolutely. Anything Diz talked about jump out to you? Are you intrigued by, I know you like Brock Lesnar. Oh, I love Brock Lesnar. You really do, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. He was legit NCAA college wrestling champion. I mean, he, he's... He's a hell of an athlete, man. He's not CM Punk transitioning from WWE over into the UFC. What is CM doing? We should ask him about Supposedly that. Supposedly he's going to fight again, and he's going to have another him, MMA man. fight. He should definitely not, you know, what do you train for? Two, two whole years to get yeah. beat in 30 seconds? I just think that it's, I'll take this and compare it to the Floyd Connor stuff, is it's not easy to jump into a combat sport and then compete against guys who've been competing their entire lives. Since they were five. I mean, are you crazy? What the hell is that, Steve? Like, do you think, um, I guess it's like Michael Jordan thinking he could just casually pick, or not casually, but he could just jump into baseball. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you're just an athlete, though, you know. And you That's can true. Pick up, you know, Deion Sanders. Brock Lesnar. But those guys played it all along. Deion Sanders didn't take any time off from baseball. Bo Jackson, you know what I mean? They could play both sports, though, right? They could. And if somebody wants to do that, a dual sport athlete, in my opinion, is one of the more intriguing parts of the world of athletics. A guy like Tom Brady was drafted in the Major League Baseball. Russell Wilson. uh, I mean, the list, Danny Ainge. The list goes on and on of cool dual sport. Dave Winfield of cool dual sport athletes. Brock Lesnar, John Jones would be a huge draw. Yeah, probably, I think so. Probably the biggest of UFC's existence. I'm I, cool with that. I'm 100% on board and intrigued by that fight. Yeah. I, I, I like John Jones. I'm a big John Jones fan. And, and I agree with what Diz said, his redemption story. He, he, he was at the top. He's never lost, okay? So if you're going to compare him in modern era to anyone like Conor McGregor, Conor McGregor got choked out by Nate Diaz, Okay. John Jones has that, I guess we'll say, Floyd Mayweather-esque unblemished record. I mean, he did have one disqualification, which was, uh, which was crap. But he has not lost, okay? If he, if he can jump up and fight Brock Lesnar and then jump back down to 205, which is light heavyweight, I mean, I think that would be one hell of a feat. I think Lesnar could get him. I don't know how it's going to work out. Well, yeah, he has the um, F5 tornado. I think that's his finishing move in WWE, so you definitely have to watch out for that. <laughs> is that the name of his? That would be my dream come true. If is it, what? If uh, wrestler <laughs> Brock Lesnar transitions to the UFC and uses his finishing move to end the fight. Would it seriously, Steve? Yes. I could die in peace. Would you then. also enjoy if Conor McGregor did a, a, a unexpected kick? No, against Floyd because Mayweather. then I'd have to hear your mouth. <laughs> okay, well, uh, what I've heard from you over the past one minute or so is very disrespectful to MMA. I'd appreciate if you'd apologize to all our listeners. You're very sports. Um, what's the word I'm looking Specific. for? Specific. If, if, if somebody can, tr- if Tim Tebow can turn into an all-star right fielder, okay, that is awesome. I'm not going to hate on it. I'm just, I also would like to make sure everybody knows it's not going to happen. But if it did happen, it would be super cool. Is it disrespectful to baseball that he's playing baseball? No, he's trying. He's taking the the necessary. And Conor McGregor's not trying? Conor McGregor is not trying. Tim Tebow is in the minors. Tim Tebow is, I'm not even a Tim Tebow fan, but Tim Tebow is in the minors, okay? He's working his way up. If Conor McGregor wanted to get into boxing and take some lowly opponents to work his way up, 
That would be one thing. He's dipping in and everybody's saying he's going to jump straight to the very best boxer in the world and and beat him? It's a money grab, man. I mean, it's clearly a money grab. There's no legitimacy to this whatsoever. It's not. It's fine, man. I, I, it's like the guy I who was it? We, we looked up the other day. The, the, the guy who, um, the older guy who would, in, after he retired, like the McEnroe's, they've challenged the, the, the Williams sisters to some two-on-two matchups in tennis in recent years. It's kind of similar to that type of stuff. It's gimmick. Remember the old guy who would face Billie Jean King in, yes, in the seventies? Um, I don't know. It's a gimmick. It's cool. It's a tre- intriguing uh, to a degree. I, I don't like tuning in and being like, "Oh, did you hear what Connor said? That sounded so cool. Oh, he's so cool. Oh, that's what everybody's doing. Which, oh, did you hear Connor? Oh, Floyd didn't know what to say. What's he going to do then? That has nothing to do with fighting. That's not authenticity at all. Which surprised me because. You usually like that kind of I stuff. I like authentic trash talk. I like Nate Diaz or Nick Diaz trash talk. I like in Connor when it's relevant to his, when it's a legitimate fight, I'm cool with it. Does that make sense? This is clearly almost scripted WWE-esque. And, uh, it, and it's being portrayed as something different. Entirely different. It's like, oh gosh, what is, he made fun of his backpack. Did you hear that? Ha ha ha, high five. He made fun, he got him. It's just scripted, man. I mean, it's. Connor is a better talker than Floyd. He is. That doesn't mean anything they about still have fighting. To fight. That doesn't mean anything. That means nothing. There's people that I train jujitsu with that I could probably talk crap to and look cool, and but then when I actually got on the mat with them, if they wanted to, I could die really quick. <laughs> if they if that's what they're trying to do, what does that prove? Yeah, he sounded so cool beforehand. No, it's nothing. But so, he's always backed it up, right? So that's why it's so cool. It's because he's... Connor? Yeah. It's cool in MMA. I'm just saying it's not going to translate over to boxing. The poly footage has reinvigorated me. I'm, I'm, I cannot, I'm all in. 100%. I cannot believe you're all in because you and I have sat and watched together so many Floyd fights live that we watch these Hall of Fame boxers come in and we're like, oh, God, maybe shit. You know, Shane Mosley's one of the best boxers ever. At 130, he moved up in weight for that fight. But, I mean, he's definitely a Hall of Famer. Damn. He can't even touch Floyd Mayweather. Wow. And then we go on to the next one. Maybe this guy will get him. No. Oh, sh- shoot. He can't touch him. Every single time. So I'm surprised that you're buying it, but that's okay. I mean, you're into, you know, you're into Star Wars and... Superheroes. What well, you always sell me as a huge Star Wars nerd. You are a huge Star I Wars. I do nerd. not. I mean, I wait for them to come out on on VHS before I watch them. I don't even see them in in the theaters. All right. I haven't even seen Wonder Woman yet, Kelly. Do I want to see it? Yeah, I'd love to watch it, but it turns out I haven't had time to go see it. So I'm not a, a big of a nut as you'd think, but I might have a small comic book collection. I don't know if you knew that. Um, make fun of me all you want. I have an imagination. I plan to pass that on to my child. Um, if you want to pass on your dullness and lame life and excuse for no entertainment, I mean, <laughs> I have plenty of entertainment in my life. I keep uh, keep myself very entertained. Um, it's just more based on real things, I guess. I have gotten into. I enjoyed The Walking Dead, for example, yeah. And, and so that is makes me a little bit of a hypocrite for my points, right? 
Yeah. It does. Uh, to a degree. I'm, I'm just saying there's certain things that are just, you, you can't blur the lines. If you're like, this is one thing and this is another, that's fine. I like to watch, um, you know, Japanimation stuff. Do Maybe. Really? I, do, I don't. No, I don't. I'm saying if you did, that's fine. But if you're then going to say, I think this cartoon character could actually beat Deontay Wilder in a boxing match, then I'm going to say, yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa. Man, let's, let's pump the brakes there a minute. It's not even a real person. At some point, you have to point out that what somebody is saying is absolutely ridiculous. Conor McGregor, Floyd Mayweather is so far from that point that you just made. Is it? He's not a real person. He's okay. No, no, you're right. He's a real person. So it's I, I exaggerated for the sake of the point. Yes. However, Conor McGregor jumping in haphazardly. I mean, his strength is Taekwondo, and he he also has really worked hard on his jujitsu and wrestling skills and his ground game. Um, but as far as standing and just punching, if you even look at the CompuBox numbers within the UFC, Steve, he is a very subpar. Puncher. Did you know that? Did you know all right, did you know boxing is exclusively punches? Yeah. Did you seriously? Yeah. Okay. Um okay. So what if we're gonna prepare for this fight objectively and we're gonna try to take a look at it, we'll say, let's look at Conor McGregor's punching numbers compared to maybe his peers in the UFC. He's not a good puncher. It, it's also um a bad head clash to Floyd's eye or broken knuckle to Floyd's hand that can make this fight very interesting. So, so if Connor cheats is what you're that's saying. That's not cheating. Okay. If you clinch and happen to accidentally butt Like head, Bernard Hopkins has done that for years. Yeah. I, I want to in- introduce to our listeners our man uh, helping us out this morning. We hope to have him be a part of the show going forward. Les Abbott. Les, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? I can hear you. We appreciate you joining us this morning. You have any thoughts on this Connor versus Floyd talk? I mean, kind of to touch on what you've been saying this whole morning. It's it's a money grab. I mean, you have one, you know, one of the top fighters in the UFC coming over and switching, you know, a completely different game in boxing to fa- to face arguably one of the best, if not the best, to ever live in Floyd Mayweather. You know, perfect forty nine and zero record. And I'm to certain aspects, you know. I like, I think Connor's a lot more aggressive than a lot of boxers necessarily that Floyd has faced, if, if that makes any sense at all. Um, that, that may make sense, except that Manny Pacquiao, Con- Canelo Alvarez, when they face Floyd, you're right. Mm-hmm. Nobody looks very aggressive because they can't touch him. Right. Steve, right. do you disagree with what I'm saying? No, that's fine. You, you agree with it. I know you do. I, I feel like you're acting like you think Connor has a chance, just to upset me. You guys are confused. You keep on saying it's a money grab. Like, I, I don't know that. You know it's a money grab. I feel like you are aware of how untouchable Floyd Mayweather is, too. Yeah. Okay? But the thing the thing is, Les, is Manny Pacquiao, uh, Marcos Maidana, I could go down the list, Ricky Hatton, uh, all these guys, when they f- face other boxers, Les, mm-hmm. they are very aggressive. Sure. That's that's their mo. It's a but then when they fight Floyd, if you watch those fights, you're like, wow, that guy cannot touch him. Kelly, it's a fist fight. Both of them can fight. Can they both punch each other? Are they good at Are they good at hitting the other person in the face? Their opponent? Yes, they both get paid to do that for a living. Mm-hmm. Anything can happen. He's been retired for two years. 
He's 50 years old. In 2007, he retired for almost two years, and he came back just fine. Well, he's been, you know, now he's... He's older. Now he's 50. Mm-hmm. And Connor is also the older... He's not 50. I know. 40. Uh, Connor is also the longest, as far as reach goes, oh, okay. fighter he's ever faced. By wow. one inch. Okay? By one inch. An inch can make a difference. Okay. And, and every inch counts, I mean. Yeah. every It could happen. We'll, we'll wait and see. I mean... Uh, regardless, what what other sports topics are the most intriguing out there right now? The the Nationals are one of the best teams in baseball. Less the Bra- Bryce Harper um, injury is significant. Obviously, you're right, Steve. Maybe he's a little overrated uh, as a whole. But Les, what are your thoughts on on Bryce Harper and the the injury for Dusty Baker's Nationals? Well, I want to touch up on what Steve said earlier um, about being maybe possibly overrated and. To touch up on a point that Kelly made, he's only 23, 24. Most guys are still in the minors at this point in their career. To say he's already, you know, he's got the already 29 home runs and 87 RBIs through 106 games uh, this year. And he's a five-tool player and very extreme talent, you know, was benched early in his career for not running as hard as he can to first base. That has dramatically changed over the last couple years. But... When I watched the clip last night of the Bryce Harper injury, I knew as soon as his knee, I mean, as soon as his foot touched first base and to see his knee buckle like that, my automatic thought was that's that's not good. Yeah. I always remember, you know, not to change sports or anything, I always remember, um, I think it was 2010, Kevin Garnett got hurt and uh, for the Boston Celtics. And I always remember this interview that Doc Rivers gave saying that usually the knee injuries like that when there's no contact around are the ones that have to worry about. Transitioning back to Bryce Harper's injury, last night it looked like it could have been a play where he could have collided with the first baseman, but he didn't. He kept running. All of a sudden, he steps on the bag, knee buckles. He does, he does the yeah, front flip. Yeah, his foot slipped was, off the bag. So he's out for the season. It, it looks nah. – it, nothing's been official yet, but it looks – I mean, from, you know, experience watching like following sports it looks to be that way remember when the nationals the way they they um when they, they the way they dealt with who was the pitcher god the innings limit who was it strasburg strasburg why is his name came and went just that quickly um tommy john injury. yeah exactly but remember how cautious they were yeah they, they cautious they were with that i would think that organization will have bryce harper there he's out in my opinion you're right. That looks like a very serious injury. He's out for the rest of the year. Are we in agreement on that? I mean, if it's like a torn something, if it's just a hyperextension so, and you're a NL. So may, may, maybe not. You're a world So maybe not. Champion. So the verdict is out. We'll have to wait and see. You jumped to conclusions way too much, man. <laughs> but in, the, in his defense, he kind of has to because Bryce, I mean, much like Bryce Harper, Steven Strasburg was the number one overall pick when he came out of San Diego State back in the day. And with how many injuries he suffered in his career, he was also a very – you know, hyped up talent, and they, Bryce Harper, kind of being in that same league is a you know a very great talent. They, like Kelly said, they might not want to be taking any chances with that, even if it is just a hyper. He's potentially the biggest star in the sport. Exactly. He does stuff like he wears his hat the wrong way. He likes to um, fly in the face of conventional wisdom. What what are the some of the cases of him? Um, where he, he celebrates when he gets a good hit. People say you're not supposed yeah. to do that. Remember when he got in a fight with Papelbon? Mm-hmm. Uh, that was an old school guy. Papelbon had been around for a while. I think Papelbon's like maybe thirty six or something now, um, and 
he wasn't feeling the Bryce Harper hype. And in the dugout, they were teammates. They got into it. You guys have thoughts on somebody coming along and trying to... Um, I mean, he, Bryce Harper's went as far as suggesting rule changes for the sport, hasn't he? Yeah, well, there's been arguments that they should change the bases. Like the actual bases on the field that they shouldn't be... <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, that it causes injury. Um, that's foolish. If they change baseball... It's 2017, man. Can't you have a, a base that's in the ground that... You know, isn't two inches above the field. Now that's cool. That's cool. I'm cool with that. It's not going to actually change the the sport at all. Actually, I say just leave the leave everything that has to do with baseball like it is. If you're going to have instant replay uh, included, that's fine. That's one thing. That's one thing. That's good for the sport. Um, I, I I don't think you need to adjust the bases. People are going to get hurt. They need to be careful. That's that's how it works. Um, people get hurt on occasion in every sport. I mean, you know, there's yeah. Reggie Lewis died on the court. Like Buster Posey getting run over at home at home plate, and then they change they change that rule. Yes, I was kind of disappointed to see that. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I I, I I think it's weak. I think baseball is a remnant of the past, although not thriving specifically here in the Louisville Southern Indiana market. If you run into a casual sports fan here, um, you're not going to necessarily have them say. Yeah, I love baseball, man. Baseball's doing really good. But if you get out of this market, baseball's doing fine. Have you purchased your um, Jay Bruce Indians jersey yet? <laughs> I like Jay Bruce going to the Indians. I saw some local sports media personalities uh, saying Jay Bruce came up as a Red. He's from Lex- Lexington. He was a Red. Now he's going to the rival, the Indians. I don't think of the Reds and Indians as rivals. Yeah, I mean, ALNL. I, I feel like. They're not really. Yeah. We've went to see the Indians and Reds play the past couple of years. Doesn't seem that heated, does it? No, in the ballpark. No, it's, no. it's not Boston. New York. No, no, that wasn't a hostile Chicago environment at all. Now, if they start competing and meeting in multiple World Series and stuff like that, yeah. maybe. Um, I mean, the, the Browns, and they're not even in the same division. The Browns and the Bengals, certainly. That's AFC North. Yeah, that's a bigger rivalry than than Indians Reds. Oh, certainly, that's division rivals. It, it, Bruce uh, drove in his first two runs last night, though. Did he? Yeah. I think he's a big pickup. Bruce is very streaky. I'll warn you, Steve. You've never followed Bruce like I have. Jay Bruce played for the Louisville Bats, um, and then for years with the Reds. He came up with Votto. He's a first-round draft pick out of Texas. What? You actually got in trouble for following him, right? <laughs> no, I, I didn't actually follow him, but I followed his career very closely, and he will get hot, okay? He will hit like... Two home runs today, two tomorrow, six RBIs, and you're like, God, this is the best player in baseball. But then for like a six-week span, he won't do anything, stuff like that. So he, he's absolutely the the epitome. Six weeks. I may be exaggerating with that, but he is extremely streaky, Steve. Fair enough, man. But a good pickup. You got you guys had an injury, Brantley. Yep. Uh, to transition, switch topics just a little bit. We talked earlier um, about Lamar Jackson and the fact that he won the Heisman Trophy last year. Coming into this year, um, he's not projected as the guy who's going to win it. There's actually multiple guys. Uh, the USC quarterback, Penn State running back, Oklahoma quarterback, guys who are, uh, according to Vegas, more likely to win the yeah. Heisman Trophy this year. What are your thoughts on that? Baker Mayfield, Saquon Barkley, Sam Darnold. I think even JT Barrett might be ahead of him. Wow, JT Barrett, really? 
Man, I think he. I think it's just going to be a one man show. He's with who? Lamar Jackson. What do you mean by that? He doesn't have much help. I mean, okay. Did you? I don't know if you heard some of my stats earlier, but they don't have a returning running back with over four hundred yards rushing, or a returning receive a receiver with thirty catches, or, or you know, a decent amount of yards. You have two tackles returning. You have a bunch of freshman offensive linemen. Um, you give up 40 points a game. He's just going to be a one-man show. He's going to be – I mean, teams will probably game plan for that, but it's going to be tough to top. I, I I might have his chances about the same. I don't even care if he wins the Heisman Trophy this year. Care. No, I would like to see Louisville make a run. I'm a Louisville football fan. Les, I know that you're actually a Duke football fan, right? Yes, du- uh, yes Duke and Texas Longhorns football. Okay. Who I follow a little okay. bit. Um, I don't care. I'd like to see Louisville as a program take the next step. Obviously, if Lamar Jackson does have a, a, a you know, repeat and ties Archie Griffin for the only two-time winner ever, that'd be amazing regardless of anything. But the ne- what I want to see out of Louisville is them take the next step. And what that means is make the playoff. That's a big step. I know. I know. I'm not saying it's going to happen this year. Uh, I'm not saying it's going to happen this year. 50 years from now, what will you, what will you remember? Back-to-back Heisman Trophy winner Lamar Jackson or going 10-2 and and... Making it to the playoff? Yeah. And, and then losing. losing. Uh, you're right. Back-to-back Heisman Trophy would stick more. But uh, I'm a fan of Louisville football. Uh, a power. Yeah, first and foremost. Oh, I think, um, so what's the key? I mean, beating Kentucky... Your season's a failure if you lose to them, right? Yeah, certainly. I mean, the way that you look at the numbers of what what they did the last three the last three games of the year last year, Lamar Jackson's completion percentage was forty eight percent. I mean, you cannot have what happened at the end of the year last year happen again. So, and if you lose to Kentucky, yes, on rivalry weekend, it cannot be considered a successful season. No, that, I mean, that's not, well, they lost to Kentucky, but no. I mean, if that's their only loss on the record. Still, that, that's going to hurt. That, that, that's one thing. They could still make the playoff with that. It's, They're right. It's still going to hurt. It depends on what happens through this year. There's a lot of, of local media coverage saying, speculating as to why Lamar Jackson is not getting quite the preseason hype that many feel he he's deserves. And, and a lot of people are blaming it on Bobby Petrino. Uh, being almost a, a gimmick type of uh, coach, or just disliked. Oh, but that doesn't have anything to do with anything. I think Nick Saban's disliked. Less right. Jim Harbaugh to a certain Jim, extent. Jim Harbaugh. I mean, Who, who's not disliked? I just don't think right. the, compa- <laughs> the comparison that Lamar's not getting the hype because of Petrino isn't isn't legit. I'm I'm with that as well. I mean, I think it has more to do with how he ended the season last year because you know whether we like Bobby Petrino or not, he's proven to be an offensive genius. I mean, he's molded quarterbacks: Brian Brom, Stephon LaFours, Ryan Mallett. I mean, the list goes. I mean, the list goes on and on. That were very successful college quarterbacks that were could put up numbers and make exciting plays as well. Oh, I mean, that's the mo for Bobby. What's also the mo is. He's not really the coach that takes that next step yet, right? Right. Is that becoming part of his – I mean, in college basketball, we have Sean Miller, who's had great success at Arizona. But he hasn't made the Final Four yet, I don't think. No. So, I mean, what do you think of that comparison? 
I think that's a pretty fair comparison. Um, Bobby Petrino obviously has not had the continuity within one program. He's bounced around. He's had, I mean, heck, he had a sexual act performed on him on a motorcycle and flipped off the motorcycle and then had to explain that to the media. Right. So I don't think Sean Miller's had that. No. I mean, so Bobby Petrino threw a couple curveballs in the equation. So, so while he was riding the motorcycle? Oh, yeah. You didn't know that's the story. Yeah. He performed a sexual act. Yeah, I don't want to get into anything beyond that because it's inappropriate for the radio. Look, making the Final Four in football seems to be a lot more difficult than making the Final Four in basketball. What well, also has to depend on where the BCS wants to rate you as well. I mean, where... Where Joey Galloway, your Buckeye, thinks he should go. Steve. Well, I mean, you have a panel, so it's not... It's a panel. I'm joking. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it has a lot to do with things like, um, and I hate to say this, fan support, right? Yep. Um, in college basketball, VCU or Butler can make the Final Four if they show up and they win those games. We're yet to see that happen thus far in the, the BCS uh, playoff. Yeah, I mean, you can make, yeah, the BCS playoff. In the BCS playoff. I was writing for a publication last year, and I did a, a, a very thorough research piece on the history of the bowl systems and things like that. And they have been trying to find what would be considered an acceptable system forever. Forever. Okay? And it doesn't happen. Nobody's happy. Nobody's happy with anything. This thing, BCS playoff, is inevitably going to collapse at some point. I think it's a very good form. I mean. Yeah. I would think that too if I were a Buckeyes fan who gets the benefit of the doubt every time. I would. I would. No, no, no. I would love it. If I were a Buckeyes fan. So you just want to expand it to eight, so maybe... I don't know what the solution is. Yeah. I don't know what the solution so is. So maybe your team could possibly just miss out by one spot or two spots. Because <laughs> they'd be ten? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the solution is, but... Um, I mean, I, I'm happy with where it's at right now. I'm cool with it. Um, it but but it, it's... I mean, it's going to fail eventually. So... You want Louisville to take the next step. When you look at the roster, do you think that's going to happen? I don't know that it's going to happen this year. I hate to be negative Nancy on it. Les, you have thoughts? I'm looking at the roster, the depth chart right now. I mean, You're starting running back Reggie Bonifant. Huh? Yeah, they, they could take exactly. the next. It could happen. Jeremy, Jeremy Smith's actually the starting running back. Yeah, right. Bonifant will get a lot of carries. Oh, I he mean, will. yeah, he'll definitely run like the more Wildcat system too yeah. as well and sweep the the read option sweep and all that. We'll have to wait and see, man. They've got a young core of receivers that can take the next step. Um, will the offensive line hold up? At certain times last year, it looked like sure. it looked like uh, Lamar did not have a lot of help back there. No, and but you, it, it, it's a whole different thing. I mean, you, you look at Michael Vick when he played for the Falcons. The way it transformed the offensive lineman position, they they had guys on that offensive line who were dramatically undersized. Because they wanted them to be quick and they wanted to move, so it was conducive to Michael Vick's style. Okay, so you have to adjust when you have somebody who's a once in a lifetime type athlete playing the quarterback position. I don't think it's easy to be the offensive line coach in that situation. Do you? No, I'm. Unless you try to turn them into a traditional NFL style drop back passer, and you say, "Okay, we need big, strong guys who can do real good pass blocking." Um, that that's simple. If if you're going to say Lamar, don't run anymore. But if you're looking for guys who can, uh, when the pocket collapses and breaks down and Lamar's scrambling, who can move and still help him while he finds someone down the field or runs, I mean, that's a different animal. 
the offensive line was terrible last year. And if you look at returning starters, it, it, there's not much promise this year. You have two tackles that are returning. Besides that, it's, it's all a toss-up. You have a new defensive coordinator. Um, you do have nine returning starters on the defense, which is good, but that's the same defense that was given up 40-some points a game at the end of the year. At the end of the year, they fell off. You're right. So we're Louisville-centric here. Um, that's our, you know, that's my team. Uh, but outside of Louisville, what what big team? Is Duke going to be good? Are they going to continue with Cutliffe? Um, Cutliffe released a statement saying that this is the most talented Duke team he's had. Now, will they transition to the field is a bigger statement. Two years ago, we won our first bowl game since 61. And, you know, going to IU Southeast, I hear it from all the IU fans on how controversial – you know, I say that with really big bunny ears, um, that win was because they thought the field goal was good. I was watching the game, you know, maybe a little biased being a Duke fan. The field goal was not good. You have to make it in the center of the goalpost, but I'm not going to get started on that. That team was not even more. The, the most talented Duke team I've seen in recent years was the team that lost to Johnny Manziel in the Chick-fil-A Bowl against, uh, a couple years ago. They had a 21-point lead at halftime. Then all of a sudden, Johnny Football turns into Johnny Football again and pretty much goes, yeah. goes you, wild in the second you half. You can't bait me with somebody like Johnny Football and not expect me to jump all over that. They're talking about him becoming an assistant coach for a college team. Yeah, he'd be a great leader. What do you guys think of that? Um, party at the Goat House? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he has experience. He did it at the highest level uh, for college, and he did very well with it. He'd just be going to like frat parties. With he probably would, Jeez. right? That would be a recipe probably for disaster. Yeah, that would be a nightmare. You know, I follow Johnny Manziel on Instagram. and He likes to party? Not, no, actually, he looks like he's married, a, he's married some model that apparently has been really good for him, and he supposedly cleaned his act up a little bit. Now, at the same time, what he portrays on social media and what actually is going on is two completely different things. I get that. But he, I don't know, maybe. You know, is it fair to say maybe Johnny's cleaned up a little bit? I, I followed Johnny on Instagram. It may have been a year, maybe two years ago. I don't know. But at one time, he was just partying with every celebrity in the book, and he was proud of it. And he was putting everything on Instagram. It was awesome. 8 a.m., fireball shots. Stuff like that. So, you're, so Les, you're telling me he's cleaned up re in recent months and maybe over the past year or so? I'm not saying that 100%. <laughs> but... <laughs> I appreciate Johnny Menzel, how he, in a way, kind of like John Jones. John Jones had a, w drugs take him down from the top, and he does not back off of saying, yeah, I still may have a few drinks here and there, you know, big deal. He's great, though. He's great, yeah, different than Johnny Menzel, you're right. Menzel's a little unproven, you know, he was a great slightly. college quarterback, but, you know, has, like you said, a little slightly unproven at the next level. He's a changed man. Now he's doing fireball shots at noon. Instead of 8 a.m. <laughs> so we'll have to wait and see. I mean, you look across Louisville's schedule. Um, I mean, there's a, a lot of uncertainty, to be honest. I, I, I don't know. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I think Louisville, the city of Louisville, can take that next step at some point. Uh, if Clemson or somebody like that, and I know that that's blasphemy for many people to hear. But if certain schools can do it, I think Louisville is capable. They have the resources. They have uh, the support, the fan support. They have all the, the necessary ingredients to take that next step. I would love to see it happen as a fan of Louisville. And the first step would probably be beating Clemson this year. Sure. Right? Um, play them 
third game of the season, first home game. You know, you don't have Deshaun Watson back and you have Lamar Jackson back. You should win this game. Great point. A lot of games out there that it looks like Louisville. I mean, they, when you have the defending Heisman Trophy winner coming back with another year of working with the, the offensive coaches and especially the guru that is Bobby Petrino, regardless of what the national expectations are, it's inevitable that the Louisville fan base is thinking, what else do we need, right? You got Lamar Jackson back for another year. He won the Heisman last year. Yeah. The ceiling should be... The roof. The roof. Was that Michael Jordan? Yeah. Was that Michael Jordan quote, Les? Yes. Thank you. Thank you. That was Michael Jordan quote. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) The ceiling is the roof. Is that what he said? Yeah. The ceiling is limitless. Uh, it should be. They they should. I mean, if you have a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback come coming back, you should be able to win out, right? I, it's rational, isn't it? You know, one loss, two loss. Expectations should be very high for the average. The average fan may believe that. Yes, <laughs> and I'm being somewhat tongue in cheek uh, when I say that. But. Uh... We're wrapping up here. This is the weekend sports buzz every Sunday from 9 to 11. Um, we appreciate everybody tuning in. Kelly's getting ready for the Connor Floyd fight. I sure am. Thank you to everybody for tuning in. Um, we're on the air every Sunday from 9 to 11. Have a great rest of your weekend, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>